Father, thank you so much for your great faithfulness. And God, in the next few moments, remind us of how wonderful and incredible you are. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Help us to see Jesus and only Jesus. I pray that it be your words that we hear this morning, not mine. I pray that I would only be a messenger of the truth of who God is and how you show up for us, how you care for us, and the change that you want to make in our hearts and our lives. Thanks for your spirit minister to our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks. You can have a seat this morning. So we just finished a series on the promises of God, and we're doing something really dangerous. We're giving Mike and I two weeks each to talk about something that's kind of, we call them a free week. If it's Mike and I's world, we call them free weeks. And what free weeks are, are weeks when in the schedule, uh, we get to just talk about something that God's been doing in our hearts and in our lives over the past while. And as we work through series, God speaks to us, and, and often, Mike and I do this all the time, when the other guy's speaking, you may see us at time writing feverishly, and we're, we may be taking notes about what the other guy's talking about, but we also may be off on a tangent because God is kind of sharing something with us, and, and uh, this is kind of what's been going on in my heart and my mind over the last few months, probably four or five months. And that's this, this title of Just Say Yes. And so for the next few minutes, I want to talk to you from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. If you have your Bible, that's where we're going to be. And you may find that passage a little familiar because we used it a little bit when we were talking about the promises of God because that's what it talks about is that all the great and good promises come from God and His richness to us uh, to help us become the people that He wants us to be. But most of us have things in our our lives that we wish were different. If you've lived any life at all, there are things that you wish that you may have done differently. There are things in your life that you look at and you say, wow, these are not healthy for me. They're not good choices. They're not good relationships. Or maybe they were relationships that happened in your life that you're not proud of. Maybe they are habits that you've allowed to grow and develop in your life and they become a source of how you exist each day. And you look at those habits and you go, wow, I wish those were different. I wish I could do something in my life that would make those completely different. Maybe it's a job that you have that you don't really like or maybe it's the people that you hang with and you go, man, if I, if I wasn't hanging with these people, I wouldn't be this person. And often we spend time running from things or avoiding making decisions about whatever it is that would change us to make us a better person. And so often we throw our hands up in the air and we say, I can't do this. I can't go down this road. I don't know what to do next. And by doing that, we make a decision. And the decision that we make isn't the one we want. And we kick ourselves over and over because we do that. And by not making a decision, we've made a decision. I'm going to live here. I'm going to wallow in this. I'm going to spend my time here. Oh, poor me. I can't do anything about it. I want to encourage you that you can do something different. For some, this is a new thought. For some, this is simply a reminder. For some of you, 
the difference is huge because it has to do with your spiritual existence and your spiritual eternity. For some of you, you've already made a choice to follow God. And so the decision that you need to make today has to do with you being successful in your walk with God on a regular basis instead of hit and miss. And for some of you, it's simply an encouragement to keep taking the next step that you've been taking. Don't stop. And so as we walk through this, I want you to realize that God has something for each one of us from this passage. It doesn't matter where you are this morning. He wants to say something to you. And I want you to walk away this morning just saying yes to God. So in order to have this conversation, there's a few things that we have to set up first. There's a couple of constants that we need to understand. There's a couple of truths that we need to get to in order to have the conversation we're going to have. I don't want you to think that I made these truths up. I don't want you to think that Tim somehow in, in, in the reading that he's done came up with this great idea and he's trying to push it on us to make us believe that it's good. It's not true. These truths come from God, and they come from the Bible, and they're based on God's very nature and who He is. Is that fair? Can we start from that point? Okay, it's not me, it's God. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, let me read this verse for you. Follow along if you have your Bible. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Two constants found in this verse. Constant number one. God. Okay? It starts by His divine power. It's God's power. It's not us. It's not who we are. It's not who we think we're going to be. It's not how great we are. It's not how good we do things. It's God by His divine power, by the nature of who God is. That's the first constant. It's God. Now, we can kick against that. We can say, well, I don't really believe it, or I don't, for right now, I'm not going down that road, Tim. That's fine. It's okay, but God is still God. It doesn't matter what you think. He's still God. He's still the creator, he still is who he said he was, and he's still God, and he still affects your life. Whether you want to admit it or not, he's he's involved in your life, and he's still God. It's just the way it is. So constant number one is God. Constant number two found in the same passage is this. Every one of us, there is a goal. There's a goal in life. Now, some of you are searching for the goal, and you've been empty trying to figure out what the goal is. And you've been all over the place. You've tried all kinds of different stuff. You've gone all kinds of different roads. You've experienced all kinds of different things. And every time you walk away from those, you're still empty, and you're still scratching your head going, what in the world is the goal? Why? What's the purpose? Why am I here? Why do I do all this stuff? Here's the goal found in this verse. The goal is that our life would become more like Him. Life leading to godliness. See, in Genesis, when God created man, He created man in His very image, in His likeness. That's what the Bible tells us. It says that He created Adam and Eve, and He created them in the image of God, in the likeness of God. And so within us is a likeness of God Himself, and the desire within you is to become like Him. Now, when sin happened, we were separated from God, and that likeness got squished. And in our separation from God, we lost our value. We lost who we really are. And so we spend our life, and you hear people talk about this, I'm trying to figure out who I am. 
God says, hey, if you find me, God, and you understand that you are created in my likeness, that your desire, the goal of your life, is to become like me, because that's how I created you. You're looking for the very thing that I created within you, the likeness of God. So two constants. God, he will always be. And you were created in his likeness to become like him. That's your desire. It's your goal. All right, so those are the two constants. By his very nature, God has given us everything that we need to live out this life of becoming like him. By his nature, he gives us the promises, and he promises to fill us. He promises to give us hope and a future. He promises to present a way to get out of temptation. We talked about that in the promises. He promised his presence with us. He promised the Holy Spirit. He promised us an ability to understand and know his word and apply it to our life. He promised those things so that we could become like him. And the purpose of this promise was so that we don't have to give in to the addictions, the greed, the self-centeredness, all of the stuff that drives us crazy. The promise is, hey, I'm God, I'm here for you, and you don't need to give in because I'm God. So how do these two constants work out in my life? I'm glad that you asked, because I couldn't keep going if you didn't. How do they work out? Well, the God one is easy, but really hard. How do you like that? The God one is easy, but really hard. See, the God one is this. It's coming to the place where I admit that I'm a sinner. It's coming to the place where I admit that I don't have it together. It's coming to the place where I admit that I can't do this myself. It's coming to the place where I understand that by my willingness to yield, to give up, and say yes to the promise of God, here's the promise, that I will provide a way of escape, and that's my son, Jesus Christ. And when I come to that place where I say yes to God, when I say yes to what Jesus Christ did on the cross for me, and I say, look, I can't do this. I can't make it on my my own. But your son can. I'll follow. God, it's not my plan, it's yours. I follow. Sounds so easy. But man, we struggle. It's so hard for us to yield. We're so arrogant. We're so prideful. We're so full of, I can do this. It's the American way. That's why I'm a Canadian, so it doesn't affect. No, it does. We all struggle with this, guys. But coming to the place where I yield to God and I say yes to God. Are you there yet? Have you said yes? Have you said, God, I don't have this figured out. I don't understand it all, but I'll follow. I'll take the next step. Yeah, you're God. I'm not. I get it. I can't do this, but I say yes. I say yes to your spirit. That's how the God piece works. The constant of God 
saying yes to who he is. I want to talk to you about the second constant, and that's the gold. How does that work out in my life? How do I do that on a regular basis? How do I become more like God on a regular basis? And this is where this conversation goes from kind of an easy conversation. Yeah, we all get it that we need someone to help us, and that's God and Jesus. And maybe, maybe you've yielded to him, or maybe you've been fighting him, or wherever you are, but, but at least you get it. There's, there's God, and he's the creator, and, and, and he provided a way for salvation. And I get that, and I understand that I need to go down that path. But, but how do I work out this living for God every day? Because the world I live in stinks. The world I live in has all kinds of horrible things. The people that I live life with are horrible. Maybe yours aren't. Mine aren't. But we look at life and we say, there's all this stuff that comes in. So how in the world do I live out this whole thing of a godly life, the goal of being more like God every day? How do I do that? Why not just give up and wait till I get to heaven? He'll work it out. We're not going to do that. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. You ready for this? Now, you're not going to like some of this, okay? Just be okay with it. You're not going to like some of this. I don't like some of this. He's going to tell us how to reach the goal of becoming more godly. And he says this, for this very reason that you want to become more like God, Make every effort to supplement your faith. Make every effort means this, to work at. It means to put effort into. It means to work hard enough that you sweat. I told you you weren't going to like it. It means to get up, to have ambition, to work toward a goal, and to keep going in that direction. It doesn't mean to work for three minutes and go, whoo, I'm done. It means to have a plan, to work out the plan, and to keep going in that direction. Make every effort. And then it says this, it says to supplement. And the word supplement is this, it means that something isn't there that needs to be there. It doesn't mean that God is lacking, folks, that's not what he's talking about. Because remember, it's about me becoming more godly. It's not God becoming more godly, God is always completely godly, right? He doesn't need more of himself, he's already got all of him. I need more of him. And so it says this, work, make every effort, sweat, work it out at supplementing, at adding to your faith. Now, does that mean that your faith is not complete? No, everything that God did for you is complete. Everything that his son does for you that is complete. But here's the deal. We live in a sin-cursed world. We have hearts that are deceitful. That's what the Bible tells us. And desperately wicked. We have hearts that go sideways so quick. One minute we're thinking about God. We're honoring God. You might be going down the road, singing a praise song. Somebody cuts you off. And the next thing, what are you doing? You idiot! Maybe it's a little more colorful. I don't know. And we go sideways so quick. And so the scripture says, you want this goal of becoming godly? Then work at, put effort into, sweat at, supplementing, adding to your faith. And he gives us seven supplements that are added to our faith. And those seven supplements are goodness, knowledge. He says this, with goodness, Add knowledge. With knowledge, self-control. Self-control with endurance. Endurance with godliness. Godliness with brotherly love. Brotherly love with affection. Affection with love. 
They're not given as steps. It's not like these stairs over here. It's not like when I get one of them, oh, I'm good. I got good all worked out. Now I can go to the next one. Once I got the next one, knowledge, oh, I got good and knowledge all worked out. Then I can go to the next. That's not how this works. They're not stair steps that make me better. They don't put me on a pedestal. That's not what God is talking about. They're not things that once I get them all, it's a solid foundation. I'm done with them and I can move on to the next one. That's not it. They're more like Lego, okay? When he gives these supplements and he gives us the thought of how these work together, they're more like Lego. It's like building something, okay? So when we take one of them and if we take goodness, Justin, I'll pick that up. There he is. I don't want to lose him. And we build. They're not stair steps that we're building. We're building something that is linked together, okay? And so you take one Lego and you put it, you guys, you want to play. I know you do. Okay, and you put one Lego on top of the other, and we're not building stair steps. We're linking them together so that when life happens, right, they're all tied together and they don't pull apart. And the longer that we work on these and we link them together, we build something amazing out of this. And once I keep linking these things together and I keep putting them together, ultimately what happens is I build something like this. I didn't do this, by the way. My son did. Okay? I build this, sp- this little spaceship, or I, or I, or I build another, another type of spaceship. But I'm linking, I'm taking all those blocks, and I put them together. So when I take all of those attributes, those characteristics, and I link them together, God takes those, and he builds something amazing in me. It's something that I couldn't create on my own. I couldn't do it with one of those at a time. I can't walk around and go, there, there's a great spaceship. Do you like it? No. God takes each one of those things and he builds them and he links them together. And as those are added to my life, he creates in me something that's amazing. He creates in me the very likeness and the image of God. That's what he wants to do in you. And so he adds those supplements to me. They're not stairs. It's not like I get one done and I'm on to the next. He takes each one of those and he intertwines them together to create something great in me. Now, now let's get to how this works out in your life. Look at verses 8 and 9 of this passage. It says this, for if you possessed these qualities, Remember, he's linking them together. I'm putting them, I'm working at these qualities in my life. This isn't easy. Okay, this isn't, I wake up one morning and I say, I'm going to have all the supplements of God in my life today. Okay, I've been working at this. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, you're adding them, you're adding them in, you're adding them in. They will keep you. This is a scary part of this passage. They will keep you from being, you say it, what? What is it? This is the Bible. They will keep you from being useless or what? Unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The person who lacks these is what? What's it say? They're blind. And short-sighted and has forgotten the forgiveness of his past 
sins. If you possess these in increasing measure, how? By saying yes to God. By daily saying yes to God. By daily allowing the Spirit of God through the Word of God to shape your heart, to make you become the person that He wants you to be. He adds these supplements, these parts, to your heart and your life to create in you His image, His likeness. No, seriously, it's by saying yes to God every day. I don't know about you, but I don't like a few of those words that are in this little passage at the end. I don't like the word useless. I don't like the word unfruitful. I don't like the word blind, and I don't like the word short, short-sighted. I don't like those. Because I don't want to be useless. And you know what? There are times when I walk away and I do my own thing and I say, God, I got this figured out and you don't need to tell me anything because I'm too smart and I know what I'm doing. And guess what? The moment that I go down that road, I am useless to God. I can do absolutely nothing for his glory and his goodness. And there are times in my life when I decide that I'm going to choose what it is that I want to do the way I want to do it. And I'm going to look other than the word of God for my information and for the inspiration of my life. And the moment that I do that, I become blind to the spirit of God and he is unable to direct me anymore. And I become short-sighted and I don't see things the way I ought to. And God says, look, if you will take those elements, those supplements, and you will add them daily to your life, your heart will become soft and moldable to the Spirit of God. And I will begin to make you into the person that I want you to be. And the moment that I start doing that in you, you will become incredibly useful to the kingdom of God. And you will be fruitful for the kingdom of God. And you will have sight that you never had. But we struggle with this, guys. We struggle with wanting to do things our own way. Rome, I mean, Revelation chapter 3, verse 17 says this. It says that the church, it was a church, the church of Laodicea became wretched, became heartless because they lost having their sight on God. And they thought they were rich and they thought they had everything that they needed when in reality their hearts had drifted so far from God they weren't even hearing from Him anymore. And that can be us. And we lose our goal of a life of godliness which God has stamped on your heart. It's what He has for you. This matters. I don't want to be useless. I don't want to be unfruitful. I don't want to be blind. So how do, I, how do I say yes to God? Here's two thoughts that might help you. I'll close with this today. Two thoughts that might help you in saying yes to God in this area of becoming godly. Here they are. These are not, they're not really deep because they're coming from me, okay? So just bear with me. Here they go. Number one, where you look is where you go. Would you say that with me? Where you look is where you go. You can't look in one direction and walk in another. You can't do it. 
You may take the first few steps and do okay, but eventually you're going to fall on your face. You're going to run into somebody. You've seen it. You've laughed at it, by the way. Someone who's looking one way with their phone, they're texting or whatever, and they run into a a telephone pole or they walk down a hole or whatever it is. You've seen it. You've done it. You laugh, but yet we do it. You're looking one way, hoping that you're going another. We do it spiritually all the time. We want to say yes to God, but we're off doing our own thing, saying yes to ourselves, hoping that God can make it work out. You cannot look one way and go a different way. Let me ask you this. Where are you looking today? You're looking at yourself? You're looking at your past, you're looking at your job, you're looking at what you don't have, you're looking at what somebody else has, you're looking at your spouse, you're looking at another person that you wish were your spouse. Where are you looking today? See, where you look is what concerns you. It's the thing that eats your heart. It's the stuff you become concerned about. Maybe you need blinders. Right? You know how they take a horse, to keep a horse focused, they put blinders on him so he doesn't see everything else that's going on around him? Maybe you need a set of blinders because you're looking everywhere else but God. Maybe you need to ask God by the Spirit of God to put a set of blinders on so that all you see is God, the person of God. Maybe you need to pick your head up. Maybe you've been looking at yourself so long that all you can see is what's going on in you and you can't see what God wants to do in you. You can't see who the person of God is. You can't see the people that God has surrounded you with that love you and care for you and want something different for you. Where are you looking? Start by looking at God. And at the supplements that he's given you to make you more like him, say yes to the Spirit of God directing your spirit. Look at God. Second second little thought that may help you. Again, equally as simple because I am. What we focus on, we become. Would you say that with me? What we focus on, we become. This is what consumes you. See, the first concerns you. What you look at concerns you, and you start to to get your eyes wandering, and you're looking all over the place. If I could have that, or I could have that, or I could have that, or I could be that, that's what it, it, it concerns you. But what you focus on is the stuff that consumes you. It eats you up. It's who you become. Some of you are so focused on your job or your family or your kids' sports or your education or your fun or your money or your freedom. And these things have consumed you and they are now your God. You wouldn't say it that way, but they're now your God. And you worship them. You worship at the altar of whatever it is that you are focused on. And that has become your God. And you will give up whatever it takes to get that one thing because that's what I'm focused on. Can I encourage you this morning? Would you focus on God and his supplements, his goodness, his knowledge, his self-control, his endurance, godliness, brotherly love, affection, and love? You will become more like God if you focus on him. It's really that simple. Most of us don't need more instruction this morning. 
not saying that instruction is bad. But we've become a society about learning more. Let's learn more stuff. And most of us don't need to learn more this morning. Most of us need to do what we already know. Most of us just need to say yes to God this morning. You say, what is that, Tim? What does that look like? Well, just do the next thing that you know you should. It's not mystical. It's not crazy. For some of you, it may be go home and pour the alcohol down the toilet. For some of you, it may be being honest about the fact that you've got an addiction you can't deal with. For some of you, it may be telling your spouse, for the first time in a long time, I'm wrong, and I need your forgiveness. For some of you, it may be telling your kids, I care more about you than your sports, and I want what's good for you. For some of you, it may be turning your TV off and picking up your Bible for the first time in a long time and saying yes to God. For some of you, it's a family friend or a coworker that you stop long enough to care about and to love. See, we already know this stuff. It's not hard. It's just saying yes. Can I encourage you? Just say yes. Don't make a big proclamation. Just say yes. And then keep saying yes. God will make it clear. He always does. He's not hiding from you. He's waiting for you. Father, would you help us to understand that truth this morning? You are a God who loves to hear his children say yes. And Satan loves to push us in the other direction. He loves to make us think that there's all kinds of stuff in the way, and there's really not. (laughs) The Father is standing with open arms waiting for his children to say yes. Grant us the courage. Thanks for your love. Thanks for your care. Thanks for your desire to make us more like you. In your name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with us as we close with this song this morning? Guys, we're going to leave this place, and when we do, you have a choice to make, and that choice is this. Is Christ really enough for you? (laughs) You're going to say yes to him, or aren't you? Only you can make the choice. I can't do it for you. I wish I could, but I can't. So say yes. Say yes and see what he does. Christ is enough. You'll be surprised. He's more than enough. Father, grant us the courage to say yes. Help us this week in your name. Amen.